Okay, we are good to go. Welcome everyone to the uh, Shoes Off for the Blue and Green at York United Twitter Spaces this week. It's a bit different. You're probably looking out at the uh, looking t- at the York supporters Twitter account for these spaces, but it is on Center of the Universe today. Just a bit of a complication, but uh, same uh, same great York discussions coming your way. My name is Thomas. I'm joined by Eris here. Eris, how are you doing? Good man, how you been? Doing good, thanks. I'm uh, really looking forward to the for, to the playoffs tomorrow. It's been um, the last time York Mental Health was 2021. They went out in the first game to Forge in Hamilton. This time, hoping for a very different result. It's York United versus Pacific FC tomorrow at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, I guess there's nowhere else to start with. What are your feelings about this match? Positive, negative? I think I'm nervous to be honest. I think it's a uh, like you know we barely made playoffs. We really really need this right now, I would say. And I think this is one of those like there's a huge we have such a big chance to make it for sure. I think with four Joe's a little bit harder. Like I don't think I think the chances were a bit lower, but I think with Pacific we for sure I would say have a great uh great chance. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a bit Weird when you look at the head-to-head this season. Pacific have dominated. They've beat us four to one twice, both in Langford and Toronto. And of course, uh, we lost at the death one nil to them in Langford and drew nil nil uh, at YLS. So it's not been a good year, I would say, against Pacific yeah. this year. The matchup for York against Pacific certainly isn't flattering, but. You get the sense there's a bit something a bit different this time around. Pacific is back in a slump, uh, a significant slump. Um, they kind of go in and out of it, but this one, it it doesn't seem great. So they lost three 0 to Cavalry at the weekend uh, when they could have clinched as far as second place. They should not be in this four v five game at all. So oh, while- they started to fall off for sure. Yeah, I would say they were doing like I thought. You know, they were going to get second place this year. And then around the end, yeah. they kind of started slowly falling off as Halifax got really hot as well. So that didn't exactly. help. Exactly. Yeah, this week, is, this year has been interesting because for a long while, they were actually in sole position of first place. But recently, it's a 3 1 loss to Calvary, 2 1 loss to Vancouver, 3 1 loss to Forge. Um, and meanwhile, York has won two in a row, broke out of their slump. So we know that York is a bit of a streaky team. We know that Pacific is a bit similar. And also given that York is the best away team in the league, I would think that anyone would kind of favor them. Oh, for I think Pacific are going to for sure be the favorites. And I think, but York, I think is going to be an underdog going into this. Just because of like, I think a lot. I think going into the playoffs, we were kind of limited with who we could play, just because we were still trying to get those under twenty-one minutes. So now going into this game, we can kind of play all our cards. I would say, like everyone, like we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So I would say that's a huge, like that's going to be an advantage for us for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely is a big topic, and also anyone listening right now, just um. Just request to uh, to speak. We'd love to hear everyone's takes on Nine Stripes going into this 
crucial match. I feel like the thing with the U21 minutes is we put them in the thick of a playoff fight and gradually they got better and better under the pressure of it. So I feel as though it's actually been beneficial to them. Oh, look at Noah. Yeah, Noah, Caden. He wasn't playing at all before. Exactly. And we need those, but we also needed to make the playoffs. So they've gone into a tricky situation as very young players, navigated it superbly. Um, And we're at the point where we're talking about Noah playing over a guy like Roger Thompson, who was injured for the match against Vancouver. But Noah seems to be the consensus that he might be the favored center back to go alongside Tazmar Dakotis. Guy like Caden Martin Pro really impressed against Vancouver on Friday night. We've got guys like Trevina Spree who have who's done pretty well this season. So I think the 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 pressure was a privilege for them because they're starting to get a lot better. You can see their progression every week. I like we have uh, someone who wants to add in. Hey, it's Namu. You know, like uh, you guys are talking about the uh, who might be the uh, favorites uh, going into this game, right? And you know, I can see it both ways for sure. I- I'd say you know, like I would give a uh, Pacific the uh, advantage, but I can see the diff- different things pointing uh, different ways. Okay, you know, like we all know, like we're the best or the uh, the second best uh, away team in the league, right? So we feel confident whenever we go to the away games. And I think I saw that uh, Pacific's home form ho- home form isn't that great either. I think they've only won, um, I want to say they've won less than half of their games at home. Like, I'm sure somebody can check FOTMOB and see the standings. But uh, to my knowledge, I'm sure they're, I'm pretty sure their home form isn't that great either. So in that sense, yeah, we do have the advantage in that sense, that sense, right? But for me, it's the head-to-head record that we've had, the the four league matches that we've played this year so far. And we've been, like, uh, really outgunned over those four matches, right? So we know that, like, you know, their style of play um, it's a kryptonite against us right now. So that's the, I think, the biggest thing that uh, Nash has to address. Um, well, he had a short window. He's got like three days to address it, right? So that's what I kind of think about the head-to-head matchup right now. Yeah, so for what it's worth, Pacific are 5, 4, and 5 at home this season, which isn't the worst. It's not great either. Meanwhile, York away, 7, 3, and 4. That's They're the best away team in the league, a point ahead of Forge. So as a team that's a fifth seed, and if you're going to go all the way, you've got to win four straight road matches. York are to present themselves as the best equipped for something like this. And they spent uh, quite a few days in BC. They didn't go home and then go back, um, which is why I think it is promising that they've been training on Pacific's pitch and, uh, Definitely, the, the conditions have been good for them. Oh, for sure, I would agree. Just And we're also coming off of two wins. We're pretty hot right now, I would say. And I think the, a big advantage for sure was the fact we didn't have to travel. We got to like stay in British Columbia to train, not having to fly all the way home and then go all the way to Halifax. I'm sure they would have been tired for sure from that travel. And just to add to that travel part, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from BC. I'm from Vancouver. I went to school in Victoria. So, you know, like, you know, everybody knows that, you know, like being on an airplane is and going through the airport, going through security, you know, it's such a pain, right? Whereas to go from Vancouver, where they were, to go to Victoria, they likely took the ferry over 
And that ferry ride is like really refreshing. You know, it's like uh, two hours in the uh, ocean. And I mean, as long as the weather's cooperating, it's like a beautiful ferry ride. So I'm, I'm assuming the team's feeling like rejuvenated after all that. And like you said, they don't have any time zone shifts to worry about anything like that. So I think it worked out oh, really that's well. A, that's a huge thing too. I forgot yeah. to mention that. Time. And uh, I mean, we got guys on this team from BC, like some like Martin Nash, our, our coach is, is from BC. Um, and I think we might, I have to double check this, but I think we might have a couple other players from out there. Uh, not Richard entirely Paris sure. Is. Yes. I, I yeah. Paris is. DC. Yeah. I think it's from Burnaby. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one for sure. Um, that's a great point because uh, Martin Nash is like a Victoria legend, obviously yeah. along with his brother, right? Those guys are like Victoria legends. Exactly. You might see like a massive section for the, the Nash um, family in that crowd. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, amazing. you see on like Paris's Instagram, the amount of his fans that always go to the games when New York's on BC, it's nuts. I know, I know Namu actually was like fully in it when uh, at the Vancouver game, he met all of uh, Paris's friends. <laughs> you know, what was the funniest thing was uh, when uh, we got that uh, picture from the, the group chat, uh, Paris's, uh, Paris G's uh, family. Had uh, one of the uh, the northern quarter scarves <laughs> wrapped around them, I right? That. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, was awesome. that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't know they, how uh, they got their hands on that, but um, well, well, we know how they got their no, hands. They represent. It was like, they represent. It was the, uh, the 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 scarf that we gave him for finishing third in oh, the, okay. the player of the year yeah. uh, voting, right? That's what it was. Yeah. So we gave him the scarves, and that's the one that Paris gave to his uh, sister or whoever it was. It was amazing. <laughs> well, fair play to him. You got to uh, represent these uh, the supporter groups. Name it. How was the game, by the way, being out there? How how did that go? It was uh, incredible, man. You know, like uh, yeah, we uh, like I was telling you guys, um, uh, Paris G, their family and friends had an entire section to themselves, but it was actually across from us. So we only got to see them uh, like when it was like big moments and stuff, but it was a massive section, right? Uh, we, uh, my buddies and I, we went to the away section, the designated section. So we had uh, uh, Max Ferrari, uh, his cousins, they brought about 10 of their family and friends out. And we said hi to uh, all of them. And we told them how much we love Max, that he's a hometown favorite. Uh, he's a crowd favorite for us. You know, he's been with us with us for like three, four years, right? So they were loving it. They loved every single thing that we told them about it, and they said oh, they'll relay that for sure. And we also ran into uh, Martin Nash's uh, family and friends. So it was a smaller sec um, group, maybe like five, ten people. And we ran into Caden uh, Martin Perros, grandparents and parents as well. So it was just really great to be surrounded by fellow York United friends and family, even like all the way across the country. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, the uh, definitely if all those, you, you'd hope all those guys show up to the to the playoff game because, you know, considering that their family is going to be uh, involved in it, I'm sure that'll be even extra reason oh, to there's be no, uh, I screaming there, for sure. at the top of their lungs. Everyone, everyone in BC that's York fan or connected to York in some way better be at the match because Pacific's fans for what it's worth, are quite, you know, the home record, again, uh, might not be the best, but Pacific has a very strong group of fans in the uh, Lakeside Boys and uh, and others. Um, we were talking about some players there 
in terms of the personnel from it for this match, York is taking a bit of a major hit with the loss of Austin Ricci, who has received a red card after receiving a second yellow on the bench. Um, and we thought that Bram Sumaro and Jonathan Grant might not be involved because of national team duty. It has been confirmed that both will be available to play for York. And as far as it goes for Brem, and I don't know the full situation of, uh, of Johnny, but as far as Brem goes, uh, he will be staying for the duration of the playoffs. I know that one person was saying that Andre Rampersad will miss the weekend game for Halifax because he was called up to Trinidad and Tobago. What's Brem, a brutal hit for them? It's, yeah. Um, whereas but Brem... But rejected, though, so I don't know why he didn't... So, Brem got called up to the squad, but chose to play for York in the playoffs. Um, so, even if York is playing at the weekend and they survive Pacific and go another round, Brem will be involved. Um, that is super interesting because uh, two things. You know, like, first of all, like, when we... Uh, we're missing Brem. Our midfield was jelly. Like, the, you know, you could... It was like butter that you could cut through. It was so ob- apparent to you see. You know he's on the pitch when he's playing. Like, he makes himself present. Exactly. Like, the tackles that he makes, the chase down. You know, it's like the chase down block in the NBA. That's what he does on the football pitch, right? So, that's For the first sure. thing. Exactly, right? And then the second thing is... Uh, that's incredible because, um, uh, you know, I don't follow... You know, I don't know the Liberia national team very well, but I know he's... You know, we all know he's been a captain for them uh, at least a few times, right? Yeah. So that's a pretty massive deal, especially for like a AFCON qualifier or something like that. Yeah, and they're playing Morocco too. So that's, that's a massive a, game. A huge game. Huge that's game. incredible. That's incredible that uh, uh, he chose uh, York United over um, Liberia, but fair play to him. Because, you know, like, uh, you know, like, you know, York United, um, you know how we got our socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, right? Our Facebook, yeah. if you look at our Facebook, especially when Brem won the player of the year, it was all flooded with likes and comments from Liberia because he's mm-hmm. got that big of a following there. Especially Huge on fans Facebook. in Liberia. Exactly, exactly right. So uh, I can't imagine what his Facebook page uh, is going to look like right now when they hear about that news. But uh, <laughs> we're going to just keep ourselves out of that one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, definitely, you know, he's um, he gets a lot of love from them. He's showing real love to us. Uh, it's generally like so awesome that he cares so much about the club that he's you know not choosing to play the afcon qualifiers to play for york in the playoffs like that um that definitely means something i think and i and i hope all the players are gonna kind of look at that and they'll say you know here's another reason to um to to fight because people are missing out on real big opportunities in this match just to be here so let's not just rally around them, but rally everyone together. People are skipping big opportunities to maybe create another big opportunity, right? So that's um, that's uh, that's awesome. So big shout out to Brem for doing that. Um, another reason why he's he was the player of the year for the York Sporters definitely showed uh, a lot of a lot of dedication uh, to the badge and. Uh, in terms of Jonathan Grant, um, we don't really know too much. We know he will be available, and the fullbacks—it's—it's it's 
definitely, I think, one of York's strong spots because you have uh, there, there's a ton of people who can play fullback on this team. You have obviously Paris, but Paris slid into center back after Noah left the match on Friday. Um, Noah's played fullback this season, did a pretty good job. Uh, Trevin can play fullback. You've got Johnny, obviously. You got Max. And I feel like after Johnny was a big part of that second D-row goal uh, on Friday, that maybe this is a, in some way we can exploit Pacific using our, our fullbacks because definitely a, a strong point for us. I got a question for you, Thomas. Um, and yo, big ups to you. Uh, and uh, I think Brandon it was and whoever. Uh, Make sure to ask uh, Martin about the availability for Bremen uh, Grant and all that, right? Fantastic that you found out. I was wondering, did you get a chance to ask about um, uh, Noah Batney by any chance? Like, um, was he, um, you know, I, you know, I, is it all a blur to me? And I still haven't watched the replay. But I'm assuming he came off injured uh, in the first half, right? And that's yeah. a big piece of uh, how our defense is going to line up, whether Grant is uh, there or not. So do you know if uh, Batney is uh, fully fit, partially fit, match the decision? Yeah, I'm not sure. Unfortunately, I couldn't attend the pre-match press conference because I uh, was school? in school. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all I do know is uh, someone asked Nashi about that after the Friday match, and he said it is uh, it's an injury that Noah has sustained before the season, and it's sort of just a recurring thing, uh, unfortunately. But it is. It is small. Um, we've seen Noah have that same sort of instance where he might like go off at the half, go off after 50 minutes, and then just bounce back, bounce back for the next match. So I would say there's a very good chance that we see him uh, on Wednesday night. Great, uh, great points, man. Because uh, I want to say Noah's availability is kind of what's going to shape our defense the most. Because, um, you know, for me, like uh, personally, it's a personal view, but I feel like uh, if Noah is fit, then to me, he's the second best uh, center back option that we have right now yeah. over uh, Paris or Roger Thompson. Because uh, a Batney, I've never seen a guy so comfortable on the ball as a CB. That guy like dribbles like uh, he's a center mid or even like a winger. He is so technical. So I yeah. see like a bright future for this guy. Like he's already a good defender as it is. Exactly. Just because he's big, he's a right back technically. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. So he, he plays like a like yeah like he feels he looks comfortable at both right back and center back. And if Noah's fit for CB, then I do want him starting next to Tass. And I want to see, yeah, like either Paris sure. or Grant at right back. They're both equally good options. What do you guys think? Well, first of all, I just want to say it's ab- absolutely mad that Noah is such a good center back at age like 20, 21. Uh, it's not always you can get such no, a I'm pretty great sure defender. I think he's younger than that. I think he's like 18. Oh my God. Or 19. Yeah, like that's crazy. Such a... I mean, you know, he's not afraid to, to put his feet in and stuff, too. He's not just good on the ball. He's been very good at making tackles. Um, personally, I feel like the best chemistry you can get at center back is Paris and Taz. I feel as though that's been a combination where they really like playing with each other. Um, Noah definitely, as Namu said, likes to get on the ball. Uh, likes to make strides uh, towards the offense, and I guess that's his fullback tendencies. But um, personally, I feel like the best bridge maybe between 
at defensive midfield with Brem and JGL, who's going to be helping Babouli, would be a Batne rather than Paris. I think Paris is often a bit too kind of glued to center back when he's there. Um, but yeah, Eris, uh, get open the floor to you. I actually have a question for you. So if Grant doesn't start, who do you put at left back? Do you put Max or are you going to put Martin P just because of how hot he is, I would say, right now, especially his last game, he played pretty well. That was going to be my question as well. I'll let Thomas mm-hmm. uh, tackle that first and I'll answer after. That was my question as well. Yeah. Um, personally, I think, I mean, here's the thing, because Max, Max has showed a bit of weaknesses at left back this year because obviously I think when he started in the CPL, he was a right winger. So at a very different side of the field, he's, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world, obviously, but uh, he has been, his playing time has been taking a hit in recent weeks. Um, And I feel like it's because they found the option, Kane Martin Perot. And it is worth mentioning that our left winger, uh, Kevin DeSantos has been, dealing with a groin injury for the last couple of weeks, which is the reason why uh, Caden started in his place on Friday and the week before he came off the bench. So it also heavily depends on that because we could, there's a world where Caden's playing left wing because Kevin still can't start matches and is looking for that instant impact off the bench. But I think at the moment you go with Caden because I think his speed um, and I think everyone in this team trusts him to uh, to make good decisions with the ball. So at the moment, I'd, I'd have to go with KMP. All right. So let me uh, hop off that. Uh, for me, man, like, you know, like tactically, I'm always a fan of inverted wingers with uh, the fullbacks overlapping them around them so that the winger, when they have the ball, they have two options. They can cut into the middle and make plays or you got that fullback who's overlapping them and they can lay off the ball to them. Uh, and with that momentum they get, then they can whip it across, right? And so to do that play, you always need uh, a fullback. That's, uh, you know, like if it's, if, if it's a left back, you need the lefty to do that. And Paris and Max are really good fullbacks, and Max is a really good winger, but they're left foot, you know, they're not natural lefties. So they can never whip in that cross with their left foot the way Caden did against Vancouver. That led to, I think, two of our goals. Definitely the first one, the uh, the first uh, assist to Dero was Caden's uh, cross for sure. Let me and also then, add really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think with Martin P, I'm going to say Martin P because I can't say his last name. I don't want to mess it up. But I think you play him more as an attacker. Just because, look, like, if you compare him to how he's played at a left back and as, like, a left wing or left wing back, he is way, way better attacking. For sure, I would say. Because when he first started playing uh, defense, he made some mistakes, I would say. But then, again, the game against Vancouver, like, I was like, where did this guy come from? Like, okay, the he contributed two goals. I mean, the, you know, the thing is this. Like, uh, I think his defense, I paid close attention to his defense because, uh, you know, we're curious, like, how he can contribute. And I think he's just fine. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen anything wrong with his defense except for maybe, like, but one or two plays. Right? No, I mean, too. to me, to me, I need, I feel like you need a lefty to play left back so that whether it's Kevin that's playing left wing or whether it's uh, somebody else, uh, you give... Caden can be that overlapping option 
for Kevin Dos Santos. You know what I mean? Whereas if you have a lefty playing as a left winger, then you're just going to go straight. You're going to bomb straight, but you don't have like a left back to overlap you, especially if it's a righty like Paris or like Max, because they can overlap you, but they can't whip in the cross. So that effectiveness, effectiveness of overlapping, it's nullified. That's why you need a lefty instead of righty at left back. And Caden to me is the right guy to do that. You know what I mean? Whoever you play at left wing doesn't, you know, I mean, you can play whatever you like, but I personally prefer a righty. I mean, you know, Kevin has been amazing at left wing. So it's only really his groin injury. That's the only thing that's uh, uh, making me doubt whether he's going to start at left wing. But if Kevin is even like 80% fit, he's got to be our left wing at starter for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, Kevin is definitely the best option. Although, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I do like him as a super sub. I think he's been obviously extremely effective. Um, as that almost got a goal in Vancouver as well. Um, <clears throat> now, here's an interesting, another interesting question uh, about how this team is going to line up. Caden assisted Osazi Tirozara on one of his goals, and he had half as many goals on Friday night as he did in the entire season, which I don't know if that tells you something about Dero or about the amount of starts he's got, but we know that he scores in bunches, and that's why Martin Nash had been so insistent on continuing to play him. Now, without Austin Ricci, who has been actually one of York's best players in the number nine position, are we leaning towards Dero because he's hot, or maybe a guy like maybe even Brian Wright? Who's who's going to be the number nine for this one? Because Dero is always the straightforward answer. Even but consider Brian Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even consider that. Thomas, that's too easy of a question. I got a better question for you because that's an, that's an obvious one, right? The more interesting question about uh, the red card for Richie is who is going to be our substitute ringer? That's the bigger question mm. for you. And here's my yeah. answer for you. Here's my answer for you. Because we lost Petrasso. You know, we let him out on loan. It's, you know, usually our three ringers, uh, of which two are starting and one subbing, is going to be, you know, KDS, Baija, and Richie, right? But if Richie's missing, who do we the, who's going to be that impact sub? I think it's going to be I think it should be Max Ferrari. I think Max. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's Especially because yeah. we have that log jam at right back anyways. So right now, let's say we have Grant might not even be there. But uh, if Grant is there, then it's G or Grant, right? Uh, if Noah's starting, right? Then you still have Max. Like, he's like frozen out at the back. That's okay. We need a winger right now. And Max has always been a winger first. He was like our U21 uh, second best player of the year, like in CPL, like just two, three years ago, right? So let him cook mm-hmm. as a winger, as an impact sub, left wing or right wing, it doesn't matter. Because I can't think of any other winger right now that we have. Yeah, but uh, I mean, here's the thing. If it's not Max, then we, we could easily see this because we're talking about Caden Martin Peru a lot. What if they kind of switch and Caden's on the bench and Max is maybe in a fullback to start the match? Is uh, definitely a lot of great positional depth in this team from every player. Um I think obviously your, your best chance is uh, the Kev and Clem combo as wingers. So I think Max is relatively a a bit of a bold take because we kind of haven't seen him as winger at all this year. But um, definitely a very good shout uh, shout from Namu. 
he can still run. You know, he's still got his tricks. And the, we want him to run at uh, higher defenses, like in the 70th minute or something like that. But uh, if I see Paris or uh, Max, like a righty, a left back, I'm going to, for me, for me, that'll be a tactical mistake that I'll put on Nash. But of course, you know, he might have his reasons to do so. And it might be like, because, you know, he needs like a good defender. And we need to obviously think about like who Pacific's going to start as well. And that could be like our next segment, right? Because they have so many wingers, right? They got so many good wingers, right? So we don't know who's going to be the wingers. So it could be based on that. But for me, I do want to see um, Max kind of being held as that impact sub. I think he can do it. Uh, Thomas, did you want to talk about the midfield? Or did you want to talk about yeah, sure. Pacific? We'll, uh, we'll talk about the midfield, then we'll uh, maybe get into Pacific. So, I I mean, I think it's not a straightforward answer. I think we've kind of seen the best, a true best 11 established. So, the midfield, in my opinion, you should have Brem and Jeremy Genio-Lepre in defense. And Jeremy goes up the pitch to help Babouli, um, get him into open spaces, let him work his magic. Uh, that... For for me, that's the obvious answer, but maybe other people have uh, different opinions. Maybe you put Matthew Baldissimo in there or something like that. Eris, you can uh, I would share what you think. How it, especially how we played against Vancouver, I wouldn't want to touch or mess with that right now. Just because of how, like, Gange Lapierre, I think he was a very underrated player this season. Just because how much control he has in the midfield, for sure. Also, he's left-footed, so I'm a fan of having left more left-footed guys on the pitch. And, you know, Babuli's been, I think, a little quiet this year, even especially games he was injured and suspended. It didn't hurt us too much. But he played very good in the Vancouver. I didn't get to really watch the Vancouver match that much. Based on highlights, highlights and stats, Babuli played really well. So I'm kind of hoping they kind of stick with, again, what they had with Vancouver. And I think it'll work for sure against Pacific. So for yeah. me to add to that, um, I I still need to watch the Vancouver game. Uh, I caught up to the Ottawa game uh, last night, and I'm gonna catch catch up to the Vancouver game tonight. But um, the only thing was I uh, I was going through the uh, match thread on Discord, and Juan, you know, I recognized Juan in there, and he kept talking. He said he said like three four times about how he was uh, mad at JGL for losing the ball so much in a crucial game, and that was really surprising because you know we all have liked and we all have appreciated JGL all season long. It's not like him to do so, but I'm going to keep that in mind as I watch this game tonight and see how he was. But it is true that we have three amazing center mids to pick from uh, who might only fit into that two positions, the two CDM positions, right? But, but, I'll just throw a couple curveballs, okay? The couple curveballs is this. Pacific always overruns us and overruns us in midfield, okay? So Brem is going to be tasked with stopping that. And whether it's uh, JGL or Baldi, you know, they're going to do their best too, right? But it's usually, like, you know, like two center mids against three center mids if Mo's not helping with the defense, right? So my tactical curveball would be if you keep the same formation as it is, the 4 2 3 1 that we've had all year, that's cool. I would consider as Martin Nash shifting Mo to one of the wing positions and starting those three center mids that we just talked about as the three CMs, oh, and we've done that. that. Yeah, exactly. And we did that two games ago. So against the Ottawa, the the 1-0 the at home, 
I believe it was JGL playing as the number 10, took most spot because he was uh, suspended, I think. That was and against was... Uh, Cavalry. Okay, that sure. was the against... one that lost. Gotcha. Okay, sure. So against Cavalry, yeah, so whichever the recent game was. So it was Baldi and Brem as the CDMs, right? So I think that is an option for Pacific because these three guys, you know, are going to work their ass off, both offense and defense, and will match Pacific's Manny, Sean Young, and whether it's Cedric Toussaint or um, uh, Stefan Yeats, all good miss, right? I think we can match them three for three. So that's but my then, quick Yeah. Just to add to that, what do we do with depth, though, in the midfield when we, like, say if one guy gets injured or we got to make some subs? Like, that's the thing. Like, what depth do we have in the midfield? Well, in that sense, then you would uh, bring on... Okay, so if I, if we were to do what we just said, then it means, like, likely Bahia is the one sitting out, right? Because KDS is like, I'm going to start. Unless, no, unless KDS is uh, injured still, right? So maybe it's Mo and Bahia on the wings, right? But what, yeah. what happens is uh, if a CM gets uh, injured, then you bring on the KDS or Bahia, whoever's on the bench, then you push Mo back into center attacking mid, and you push uh, whoever's center attacking mid to CM. So that's how you take care of that. Yeah, I like that a lot. The one thing that I might change about that is I think it would be good for us to have one of our D-mids on the bench ready to go because there was that match against Pacific in Langford where we were toe-to-toe with them and then they struck at the very last second because they're very tall players. I believe it was Sean Young who got a goal, kind of just out-muscled us um, on, off a corner kick. And I feel as though it would help to have one of our demons still uh, with fresh legs coming off the bench to prevent uh, a late-game winner from pacific all in all good points and uh, you know like uh, it's cool that we're kind of talking about that curveball because uh i mean that is probably the biggest uh, weakness for us that we've seen against pacific right and you know the definition the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results so i'm glad that at least like, we're kind of like talking about the possibility and we hope um nash is thinking about that possibility as well but uh, hey he got us into the playoffs so Martin Nash football genius at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, look, he's got us to fifth. Where as the best away team in the league, we have to play a bunch of away games. I think that's a it's a masterclass right there, while still having the best season in club history as well. Here, here. <laughs> um, Actually, one question I want to ask you, Thomas. Do you know who's out of the match for sure tomorrow? So, as far as I know. It's just Ricci. Now, the wild card is there were a few players that did not make the trip uh, from York to Vancouver. And considering the team was staying in BC, I'm not sure if all those players were flown out. I know that while Elijah wasn't there on the day, I believe, he is there now. So that's another option, actually, at D-mid is Elijah Adekube. So, yeah, maybe number was right with you, the, the three D-mids and... Uh, with Gary Lapere as a as a cam, then uh, then Elijah is that guy off the bench. Uh, as for a guy like Trey or Raj, I don't know for sure. Um, to be honest with you, all, all great points, man. You know, like uh, Elijah is solid still as well, and uh, actually, you know, Trey, Trevin Esprit actually is a pretty good CM as well. He's a pretty damn good CDM. He can play I a bunch of positions too. He yeah. can move up with the ball. Yeah, he's pretty versatile, I would say. For us. And he'll he make really good tackles. Like that guy um gets stuck in, 
So, wow, we actually have a lot of really good options. Like, I think that's the one thing that uh, Angus was really uh, adamant about was making sure we have depth at center mid this year because I think we lacked that depth last year. And I think it really was a, a big point for us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned those names, man. And I hope uh, all those guys got flown out and that uh, they're all in, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, contention. It's a seven on the bench, right? Uh, yeah, bench. five subs. Five subs? Five subs? Five, yeah, five seven, subs, seven on the bench, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven on the bench. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Okay. Cool, man. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely, it's it's interesting because York, it seems like this whole season we've been talking about, you know, I guess maybe it's a product, byproduct of like the U21 minutes being a problem. But we talk about in the group chat, we talk about in the spaces, all like the problems York has. And then right now we go down the list and there's so many people that are good players in so many positions. You wonder why we were uh, complaining all year. It's because we're lacking the U21 minutes. That's why, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, Esprit... Like, Which is why I'm for playoffs because just we don't have to worry about that anymore now. We can actually just, again, like I was saying earlier, show our cards, play the guys we want to start and not have to worry about the under 21 minutes. Yeah. Now, we, uh, we did talk about a bit about Pacific's midfield. One thing that is something that they have struggled with immensely this season is replacing Alejandro Diaz. So they tried to do so with Easton Ongaro, and although at times he has been a, a pretty good player, he is nowhere close to the form he was at with FC Edmonton a couple of years back. So they'll probably playing some sort of thing with the false nine, and then maybe Mane and Reed or Mane and... Uh, Salouf on the wings. So I'm just curious how you guys maybe would defend that knowing that they don't really have a true striker. How you know, set up with center backs and stuff? It's a really good question because uh, they can go two ways. Like you said, they can go a big target man because they got both uh, Ongaro and they got Daniels as well. And Daniels is like a dangerous target man as well, right? But yeah, they... he'll be in the nine position for sure, I think, to start the match. Because, you know, they could do the false nine thing as well because I've seen uh, Adonai Jarid playing as a false nine for them and because they're playing at home i wonder if they're more likely to go false nine they're you know like a a, a bigger chance but i still do think that uh, yeah they'll go with a traditional target man but that makes it even more important that we have noah fit because paris at cb will get out muscled by ongaro and daniels right so that's where like roger could be in contention if Noah's not fit, because a uh, Paris GSCB might not be the best against those two guys. Yeah, uh, a guy like a tall, tall guy like Taz uh, definitely would be a good chance to um, to shut down someone like Ongaro or someone like uh, someone like Daniel. So, I mean, this is definitely a more technical question, but is is Nash looking at this maybe like we? We kind of we we sit back, play like tight man coverage, and then try to try to pounce or try to establish a lot of possession, and um, maybe just kind of have a couple numbers back at all times. For me, like uh, you know, um, it's uh, easier said than done. But I always think that when an away team plays like an away team, that they're just uh, inviting more pressure and is actually just uh, more susceptible to um, conceding the uh, goals, anyways. So I hope we try our best to hold on to possession, 
that we don't panic and that we don't let the away uh, the home crowd get to us. And for me, that's why, um, you know, like away teams usually try to play on the counter. So they put a winger and they just try to whip the crosses in the whole game, right? And that would be like, if they put KMP, Martin Perot, as a left winger, then I think that is a, a sign from Nash that he wants to do that. And I think that's the wrong way to approach the game. I think he still has to get our best wingers that will hold on to the ball, like Mo and KDS, and try to have our fair share of possession and that we don't just get pinned in our own half because that's going to be, you know, like 60, 65% possession for Pacific. That's not going to be good for us. So I but hope we try to play. KP yeah. plays though. Do you think he plays? Who, KMP? Yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, KMP. He's got to get minutes. Martin Pro, Yeah, I think Martin Pro is going to... I hope he plays at left back. But I think he's going to play one way or the other because we have such few lefties on the wing. I think he might be the only one. I would that... put him on the wing based on in Vancouver, honestly. Like, he's pretty... Like, he's much better attacking. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess up with, like, starting Kevin. To be honest, it's still that thing I told you guys about. Like, if you're a left, lefty, left-footed guy and you're playing left wing, the only thing you're gonna know how to do is cross the ball in, right? Which is cool against a team like Vancouver, like a team. You know, I know they're hot, but you know, we know they're a weak team as well, too, right? That kind of play is not gonna fly against uh, some a team that's better, like Pacific, in my opinion. I, I, for me, like where KMP plays, I think to me is gonna be the big tactical question, and. I'm all about, like I told you guys, uh, inverted wingers and overlapping fullbacks because you get multiple options to attack on the flanks. That's the reason why you do it. Whereas if you just got a guy and just, you know, just run hard, run fast and cross the ball in, that shit is so easy to stop. It's so predictable. So that's why. Yeah, um, definitely. So as far as their defense goes, and we're kind of doing a, a breakdown of Pacific now, it's this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. You've got a very uh, significant uh, defender for them, Amir Didic, who has scored a handful of goals this season, along with being a wall at the back alongside Thomas Mayer-Giger. Um, and I could see definitely see a world where maybe York does something like a, a false nine because maybe Osasi Di Rosario can't, uh, can't get past guys like Didic and Mayer because they will be sure to be locking down that middle of the pitch with, um, with, uh, with Di Rosario and maybe even a guy like Pupuli trying to get into deeper areas. So how do we, uh, how do we kind of adapt to that situation of having a very, uh, a very big, um, I guess, obstacle in our way on offense. That is an excellent shout, man. Like, uh, I never thought about that. But uh, those two guys are like the biggest uh, two CBs uh, in the league, right? So doing a false nine would definitely be a huge, huge curveball for sure. Uh, Mo can definitely play that false nine position for sure. Um, hell, that's not the... That's a pretty freaking brilliant idea. I don't know if... Uh, it's obviously... Uh, Hasn't been done all season long, but uh, that's the kind of shit that you kind of need to do sometimes to turn the tide in your favor. I, I love the idea, man. Let's see uh, what happens tomorrow. You got to keep teams on their toes. Got to keep them guessing. 100%, bro. 
So who do you guys think the winger is going to be? Like, okay, so, you know, I, have, I, I only follow York United closely. So I don't follow the other clubs that too closely, right? So I see Pacific lineup time to time. Exactly, right? So, you know, we know Salufa's been killing it, but we also see Salufa's usually like an impact sub. So I don't know if somebody who here knows Pacific inside out can tell us why that's the reason. Uh, but they got like four or five good wingers, right? They got Josh Hurd, they got um, Mane, they got Reed, they got um, somebody else, yeah. I'm sure I'm forgetting. Yeah, yeah definitely. They were very deep. I mean, Kunle, Dada, Luke as well, I know has been kind of a, has been pretty good against us this season. Um, some of those guys, all, we can't forget, can also be deployed in the midfield too. So a guy like, you know, and and in that midfield, you got a guy like Zachary Baus, who's just kind of joined them recently, and is uh, and is quite a good uh, CPL player. David Brazo scored against us a couple times this season as well um, on defense within the Cedric Toussaint. There's a lot of quality players on this team, but in terms of the wing, I think you go Caden at left back. Um, oh, actually, hold on. I, I feel like you've got to start Jonathan Grant just because I feel like he's been so good these last two matches. So If he's so maybe, healthy, he's starting. Yeah, so in that case, that. Paris on the left, Grant on the right and on for fullbacks, and then Kev on the left, Clem on the right for wings. If if everyone's healthy, that's who I'm starting. And I know I mean, it's difficult leaving guys like Max and Caden out. I would do that too. Grant Thug, his crossing is excellent for sure. I, I really like his crossing, right? Um, but you know, for me, when you mentioned uh, Bahus, I saw that signing and I was like, this, isn't, this shit isn't even fair. Like, they already had like a stacked midfield and they added Bahus, who's like, I thought it was amazing for Ottawa last year. So I couldn't believe that they got him as well. Like, their midfield is stacked too. And you know who's, um, who's really good against, against us uh, last uh, when we played them was uh, Stefan Yeats. At a CDM yeah. or CM, that guy yeah. is actually a baller as well, man. So lots of guys to watch out for on that team. Totally, yeah. Um, I feel like Grant as well with his crossing. I look at this team. I, I I don't know what it is, but I feel like this team is excellent at playing through the middle. Um, and even you know guys like uh, you know Clem, they can get a a, a good crossing, but. Grant's ability to to whip the ball in in the air is something that I feel like most people on York just aren't as capable of. So I think Grant in in that definitely in that uh, aspect of the game is probably our best player. The only player on the only uh, spot on Pacific that I think may be a weakness, and I'm not even sure. I'm just saying this off the top of my head, is their left back. Uh, I think I've seen different guys playing left back for them, maybe, but I feel like that's the one guy where we're not like uh, kind of like wow, like they got so much like stacked uh, depth at that position. So if they're left back, I don't know if you guys would agree with me on that or not, but if it is, then that means our our right winger and our right back takes on uh, even more importance. And it is true that uh, Grant is probably like our best uh, best attacking right back, like in terms of like dribbling, like you know, like um, uh, raiding down that flank uh, and whipping the crosses in. So definitely, I'm hoping, um, I guess, did you get the confirmation that Grant, uh, we don't know if he's available for tomorrow now? or we do uh, Benedict Rose confirmed that he is available for tomorrow. Okay, that's huge. Yeah, so yeah, I also would uh, definitely probably like to see Grant at right back. But like I said, for me, left back still probably Caden for me. But yeah. 
Yeah, but then it is it really justifiable to be leaving Paris on the bench? Like I, I feel like that's kind of the big the big debate here because if you're putting Caden on at left back, then there's a good chance you're not playing Paris at all for a long stretch of play. And I feel like he's a guy that's he's played more minutes than anyone on this team. So if he suddenly doesn't start in the playoffs, I think that would just be a bit strange more than anything. You know, if uh they were starting a read like a false nine a striker, then Paris is the guy you want at C B. But if they're starting Ongaro or Daniels, then you definitely want uh, a big guy. So you want Tass and uh, hell, you might. <laughs> I mean, like I don't know if I want to risk a Roger Thompson against them, but uh, you do need that physicality versus those guys. So and you know we've talked about right backs. Um, we've had that debate on Discord, and uh, I see the guys that I had the dis- debate with Paris G. Like um, yes, he's been incredibly versatile for us. Excellent CB, excellent right back. But is he the best right-back option or is he the best CB option that we have right now with a full roster? You could make the argument that he may not be, and it's okay. It's okay, man. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to be uh, brutal. You got to be cutthroat. Uh, look, look it's, it's a better problem than not having sure. anyone in that position. That is a good point. That is so good many point. good positions. That is a good point. Um, I feel like, though, if we want to, uh, to bring the physicality to Pacific... Paris might be the best chance because Noah has that recurring injury and Raj wasn't even with the team for the Vancouver game. So both obviously have something going on uh, in the medical room. So um, I, I think Paris, it, we could see kind of three fullbacks in the back line and Taz, but Paris obviously being the Swiss army knife he is, is might, uh, might be at CB. I uh, really enjoyed the discussion, man. I think uh, we have a pretty good idea of like kind of like how Pacific's gonna line up and how we're gonna line up. I guess. Uh, any last thoughts from Eris or from any uh, any of our listeners on just the the matchup in general? Like, I mean, it's a huge game. It's our you I know, know do or die. Guys, our pre- predictions are okay. So you, I see. Even before we go to predictions, I see. Uh, no finish has requested to speak. Let's get his thoughts. Has anybody added him on speaker? Yeah, I see he's connecting. Yeah, I've yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear all you guys' thoughts. You know, like uh, all you guys in here, don't be shy. We've uh, talked more than enough. You guys tell us your thoughts on this huge, our do or die matchup. No finish. Go ahead, bro. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, Namu? Uh, long time. What's up, bro? Uh, I know. Yo, it's been forever, man. Shit. But uh, looking for. You've been busy, right? I, yo. <laughs> I mean, if you follow my YouTube, bro, I've been out here in the boxing game. So I've been hella busy, whooping ass in 47, sure talking that. shit to ATO. You know, just the, just the <laughs> usual, right? Uh, Love it, bro. Yo, my only question for you guys is, for the left side, Max Ferrari or Martin uh, Perot? Who would you start? I think you got to give it to Martin Perot. Honestly, I, I, I personally have felt Max per- Ferrari has underperformed this entire season, if I'm being quite honest. And... uh Martin Perot has only played like two, three games, and that guy already racked up a couple assists. Man, he looks special. What do you guys think, bro? We had like the, we've been talking about this topic for like the last forty-five minutes. Oh I swear. fuck! Okay, <laughs> never mind. Sorry, I missed that. No, but we, no, no, no. But we'll tell you. We'll tell you the the summary. We'll, we'll give you the TLDR. But yeah, TLDR is that uh, for me, I'm team uh, Martin Perot because he's a lefty and because he can whip that cross in, overlapping our left winger, which we probably assume is going to be KDS, right? So I love it when uh, you yeah. got that uh, winger that's inverted that cuts in, but still got that overlapping fullback that can give you that option to cross yeah, the ball and, in, right? And his speed to track back 
and be very good as a fullback too. I definitely trust that. Yeah, for sure. I just I just love the way he plays and to have an attacking fullback like he's going to give if he's playing with KDS, like he's going to give him some breathing room, give him some uh you know, like 2v1 situations against the other fullback. So I think that's very key. Um that's guys... exactly it. That 2v1, that's exactly what mm-hmm. we've got to create. Yeah, yeah man. Definitely. That's a very good point. But and the other thing, all the, the the other thing I was going to say is um you guys probably touched on this, but the to be honest, the only player like Pacific has ballers everywhere, right? But uh, we got some good players too. But the one guy I think is just going to be the difference maker, like we're going to notice it right away, is Manny Aparicio. So I feel like if we can neutralize this guy, you know, uh, make sure that he's not involved in the game too much, I think we'll have a good chance. And Mo Babuli, yo, yeah. this guy has to freaking show why he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. Like he has to show it. That Like that's Definitely. the only chance we're going to win, bro. I swear to God. I just also want to raise one more, like one more point, just real quick. Um, we we want to definitely bring that tenacity because a couple, a few matches this season, they, they've York and Pacific getting in each other's faces, you know, being very physical, um, you know, in a few yelling matches. So having those guys that aren't afraid to to get in the thick of that, like Babuli, uh, will be crucial. You just hope that Babuli doesn't get sent off again for descent. You know, for me, I love both Babuli and Aparicio because of their fireness, man. I freaking love that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, what I mean. Exactly, right? And, you know, everybody knows, you know, Manny. Like, you know, there's a long history. Like, you know, us as York 9 fans, bro, like, Manny was, like, our dude, right? Like, you know, like, uh, uh, with the supporters, right? So he, you know, like, uh, he's definitely got that unresolved feelings about being pushed out of York 9, okay? So that's why he always goes ham on us. That shit's personal for him, right? So it's going to be a big thing. But uh, Aaron, yo, we were talking about this about 30 minutes ago. We, uh, the three of us, me, Thomas, and Eris, were debating uh, one curveball, tactical curveball, on how to contain Manny and Sean Young. And that's because, you know, like, in that 4-2-3-1, if uh, Mo is our center attacking mid, then he's got to contribute to that defense as well. Because it's 3-on-3 three three in the mid, right? But if Mo can't play that defense hard enough, to stop those, uh, you know, like whether it's Toussaint or Stephanie's who's playing CDM, right? The curveball that we uh, threw out was we could push Mo to one of the wings, okay? And start all three of our really good CMs in that midfield three. So uh, two games ago, I guess, against, against Calvary, uh, I think Tom said it was, we had uh, uh, Brem and Baldissimo as our CDMs, but we had JGL in front of him as a number 10, right? So if you start those three guys that are like defensively very uh, astute and hardworking dudes, that might be a good way to contain Manny, Sean Young, and whichever their CDM is going to be. What do you think about that, man? Yeah, yeah I think that's a, it's a good idea. Uh, the only thing is you're going to have to take somebody off. So it's either going to be Richie, Dero, or KDS. Um, Baiha. Because you know why? Because Richie's is uh, suspended. Dero oh, will likely start. So he's off. actually suspended. That's actually true. I think so. Yeah, he's but, gone. Uh, dude, that of is a red card, double yellow. fucking refereeing last game. I don't know if you guys <laughs> talked about that, but yo. That's the that, that was It was bullshit it's a good from minute one to minute 90. That was just complete bullshit. And then I figured out, oh, this was the same referee in the Forge Halifax game. Yo, that guy, his credentials need to be checked. <laughs> no, that goes for like every CPL <laughs> referee. <whole> league. <laughs> you can't fire all of them. So yeah, so that's where, so you know, if Richie, we think uh, we're almost certain is uh, suspended right now. So, you know, yeah, KDS gone. and Baiha is your, our usual wingers, right? 
But uh, KDS is uh, apparently still nursing a groin injury as well. But we're hoping that it's KDS and Bahia. But if KDS, if KDS is not fit, then sure, you could put him on the bench to start. Or if they're both fit, then Bahia, yes, he's an amazing uh, player for us. But he is an amazing option off the bench as well too, right? But I'm just saying, if you know our midfield three, we need to match their midfield three. And that has been by far our biggest issue for us against Pacific, right? I think that's like at least like something worth thinking about. Still the same formation. Right. Uh, the good thing is, though, I feel like a guy like JGL, he's been on fire recently. Like, he's in form. Sumaru is a guy that I trust so much. Um, like, yeah, we have we have really good players. And I honestly feel like we're going into this match as, like, it's 50-50. I feel like the Yeah Pacific did really well in the season and somehow they dropped to fourth place. But, man, in the playoffs, anything can happen. And York is built to freaking win these playoffs because... It's one game elimination, and we have we have so many good players, but we just haven't played well throughout the season. It's the same story every year with York United, but you never know, man. I, I'm feeling good, and we beat these guys in the Canadian Championship last time when they were supposed to dust us, and uh, you know we pulled through. So I think uh, tomorrow's gonna be a good night. I like that, man. I like that. I didn't even uh, remember the uh, the the Canadian Championship from last year as well. That's a great point, man. Uh, oh. Hey, we always need a no finish here to uh, give us that uh, that, that boost of adrenaline, man. Feel very <laughs> pumped after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, did we roast Atletico Ottawa yet, though? Okay, yo, you started oh, yeah, up. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> no, we haven't done that yet. Go, go, bro. Okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna make this quick, though. But yeah, I hope I hope somebody clips this. So let me just tell you guys this backstory. So I was at the, one of the York United games maybe four or five time four or five games ago, and they had somebody there asking us questions like. You know, how do you think the the cup is going to look like, this new trophy, this, that, and the third? And then uh, he didn't ask me questions about ATO, but I obviously just, you know, threw it in there and I just started chirping them in this interview. I don't think the Canadian Premier League is going to release it ever. But, uh, man, these guys been hyping up. I, say, I feel like I sound like a broken record. These guys been hyping up Carlos Gonzalez, his whole methodology, this, that, and the third. You know, the low block, this, that, and the third. And it works one time when there's, there's actually a... Uh, you know, there's no trophy for the regular season. It works one time, so they do really well. But they got exposed in the playoffs. They've been hyping up Ali Bassett for years, this kid. When they uh, showcased all the goals he scored for the Golden Boot, dude, all you saw were goalie mistakes, goalie mistakes, penalty, penalty, goalie mistake, goalie mistake. And there was a video of Adam Jenkins. And I think, uh, who's the other guy? The one that called him out for Gareth Wheeler. And they were both saying, okay, who, who's in our team of the week? Who would we, this is, what, this is what the topic was. Who would we build our team around if we had to start a Canadian Premier League team right now? And both of those guys, I'm pretty sure, I know Adam Jenkins did, and I'm 99% sure Gareth Wheeler did. They were both like Ollie Bassett. We want to build our team around Ollie Bassett. And I've been advocating that he's a good player, but he's not, he's not that guy. He's not a Manny Aparicio. He's not a Kyle Decker. He's not that main guy. Anyway, he's not he's not a Balu Tabla. He's not a Balu Tabla. He's not a Mo Babuli. You know, there's just levels to this. And all I try to say is like, listen, you guys are hyping this guy up. And then when he doesn't reach those expectations, he's going to crash. And I mean, look what happened. Like in the last six, seven, eight games, what Atletico Ottawa didn't get no wins. They played horrible. There, there was really no like, how are you going to try to advertise this dude to be the next Neymar? And he physically, when you watch him, he can't do any of those things. I mean, there's a whole array of issues I have with Atletico Ottawa. But let's just be 
you know, let's just give their supporter section, you know, some praise because they actually, uh, you know, they raise our game. But in terms of the club and the team and the product they put on the pitch, dog shit. I'm so I'm so grateful that we got into playoffs and not them. Could you imagine tomorrow's game is Pacific versus Atletico Ottawa? That'd be the worst way to start off the CPL playoffs. Bro, you gave props to uh, Atletico Auto supporters, man. We got to clip this shit for real. This is some uh, unprecedented stuff right now. But, yo, you know, like, last year, I remember we all raised our game dramatically because of you and Eddie. And that shit was needed. You know what I mean? Like, we needed that hype. And I'm glad you're here for this playoff right now because we need that hype right now, man. You know what I mean? Bro, like... It's um, banter season. Biggest, it's banter season now. It's banter season. And, yo, bro, biggest choke job in CPL history, bro. We should be talking more about that. Yeah, we've we've been so humble with these guys. Like personally, I didn't want to make memes. I didn't want to make jokes. I didn't want to <laughs> tweet at these guys because you know they're obviously down bad. And, you know, you don't kick somebody when they're down. Like as as ruthless and lethal as we can be, we still got to be a little bit humble. But once the CPL playoffs are over, trust me, this off season, it's gonna be a cold, cold winter for Atletico Ottawa. Trust me, <laughs> bro. I kept all the receipts from last year. When uh you know when we got eliminated and they made the playoffs and all that, I got I got all the receipts, bro. So yeah, we'll talk for sure. <laughs> all right, anyone else wants to uh, want to jump in? I know we've got a couple of the speakers in here. Maybe someone wants to uh someone wants to share their thoughts about the big game. Yeah, I'll jump. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. How about no, me? It's all right. Um... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll be uh, interested. I think the, I think York United will actually do really well, uh, but and I think that this might be, uh, actually, it, it could be a draw into this, um, into this uh, round for the play through, and it could actually be a struggle to this one. But you have a lot of players in the front, like in the wings, for Pacific FC, and I think the starting. Starting ones for you would have to bring Jose de Rosario and Mobobuli at this point. So, yeah, hope. And I did see the uh, match at Letico Ottawa. Yeah, it was. I think it's really one of the biggest embarrassment for Atletico Ottawa. I have to give a lot of credit for York United surviving to make the playoffs and yeah good stuff man and i i remember i saw you on twitter man like i, I know you're chirping at the uh the capital city boys uh, a few days ago and they're chirping back at you man i respect uh anybody standing up for york united uh on, on that uh hellhole of a uh, social media platform bro so respect to that man <laughs> yeah I, I could be tripping but i feel like jacob's chirped me a couple times <laughs> friendly fire <laughs> i have no idea but like yo if you want to smoke i'm right here fam <laughs> no i don't have any smoke to anyone like I, i'm just i'm a i'm just a guy who who just likes to pick someone someone like on social media but look every team out there deserves a lot of credit when they make the playoffs every player also even a lot of fans yeah, and you know what? I feel like a lot of people could be saying that having this fifth playoff spot is it just means like oh, it's too many teams are getting in. Um, it's it's going to be easy to get in. You don't you don't really deserve it. 
I will say this. This has been the most difficult season for any team to make the playoffs in CPL history. First to fifth, it has been the most difficult campaign. And right until the very end, York had to fight for it. So, you know, props to all the players for keeping their grind and uh, and and not giving up because, you know, what they easily could have. We, we easily could be talking about Atletico Ottawa in this situation, but, uh, but York didn't stop. And... Um, <laughs> Full full season performance for sure. And uh, Jacob mentioned the pot- potential um, the potential that it could even be a draw and maybe go to extra time. And I feel like we haven't really talked about that yet. If because that is a that is something that could happen. So if this was to go 120 minutes, like who who's coming out on top? Who's who's better positioned to to take this? Oh, us for sure, bro. Yo, we proved our penalty chops. Last year, during that V Cup run, all tournament long, man, we we are so good at pens. Nico knows uh, the penalties inside and out, bro. We got the nerves, hundred percent. We like you know, I'm so not hundred percent, but ninety percent confident that we take the pens if we ever got to that. But for me, the one comment I wanted to make was that uh, it's so great to see all these uh, new faces uh, today, like uh, listening and chiming in as well. Uh, I can you know I feel that hype for your United like right now, man. It's uh, really great to see, man. Uh, Cam, I've seen you on Twitter. Like, uh, I know you're a big fan of the uh, the club. Are you the one that uh was tuning in from England at three thirty a.m. for the last game or something like that? Are you the one? Yeah, it was. It was me. Um, oh man, tell us about that, bro. Yeah, I've got to do the same again for uh. Well, for me is today's game, tomorrow's game. It kicks off at three thirty. At uh, three o'clock my time, so three a.m. UK time. Uh, but we've just been following from afar for very afar for the last legend time. right here, legend. But uh, yeah, I've watched every game since we beat Cavalry one uh, nil back at the end of May, uh, which I was able to attend. I was across for a university summit, so to see the team win, obviously in person, but then obviously follow the journey and and make the playoffs and uh, put in a a good performance um, at the weekend to, to obviously secure your place in the playoffs is, is majorly important. And obviously the same in, across here in England it is massive in the playoffs. But the biggest thing for me is, from your guys' point of view, have we got the right players to play the, occa- play the game, not the occasion, play the actual match, not play the fact it's, oh, it's a playoff game. You've got to actually play the game itself and not get sidetracked into mind games by the opposition you get there to do a job and to to actually do what you need to do i would say we definitely do have those guys because if you look at mo babuli this guy's a champion he's been a champion pretty much his whole life jonathan grant he was also on that on that forge team uh just a lot of guys that have even played for our national team or in the youth national teams like we don't have that many young guys, and these are the playoffs now, so we're not going to be playing, really. Uh, we don't have to worry about U21 minutes. Uh, you look at Noah Abatne. This guy's been playing overseas. He's young, but uh, he's been, I think, in the Lazio or Napoli uh, Academy or something like that. So, I mean, in my opinion, we should be built for this. Like I, When I look at these guys, I just see a lot of veterans all over the pitch, even a guy like JGL. like This guy was a pillar for Halifax at one point, so... Austin Ricci, he's he's a veteran. He's been through it all. Like maybe our youngest guy is probably Osaze Di Rosario, and 
if he's our least experienced player, like I'm feeling pretty confident. And just to add to that, you know, we showed our nerves of steel in the two uh, last matches, which were probably like by far our most uh, tension-filled uh, matches, right? And we proved our mettle with um, the victories in two huge games, right? So this feels like uh, uh, a big load off our shoulders, really, heading into this match. And I think the players are going to play even freer. And I think they're going to be even like, they're just going to be so, so happy. You know what I mean? They're like on a high right now, two big wins. And they're going to be so full of confidence right now. You know they think that they can make that third win in a row, big win, happen for sure. They're going to love silencing the Pacific crowd, man. So just like what uh, No Finishers said right now, like, uh, like we got champion pedigree coming in. And we're like in a good form right now, feeling full of confidence. Feel very good, man. But uh, Cam, did you say you were at the game? You came to the game in uh, York Lions Stadium versus Cavalry this year, you said? That's incredible. Yeah, the end of May. So I was across here for uh, across for a university summit. So I go to the university camp. Well, I did go to the university campus of football business, and they've got really good ties with uh, the Leafs organization. And the the summit was based a lot around what the Leafs do and and general growing the sporting uh, of football in in Canada, not just in Toronto, but across the the whole country and it was just it wasn't a planned trip we've got we had planned trips to go and watch we watched the Argos play we watched TFC play um so coming to York wasn't a planned trip it was just an extra thing that we had on a day off and I'm glad that I did because I met people that were really good and uh, the staff I can't remember who but somebody showed us around and we got to have a look at, at the media facilities and and um, so it's like go pitch side and it was it was a really cool atmosphere and, and really good and I've uh, got I've actually got my York shorts on at the minute so I got I picked up the old last season's goalkeeper's kit so my team Mansfield Town we play in blue and yellow and obviously the keeper's kit last year was blue and yellow so I picked that up as well so it's really cool so it's a nice little tie but yeah followed from afar for the last few months and uh, hopefully going to come back at some point but yeah it's a uh, Real dedication when they're playing out on the on the west coast. Yeah, even when they're playing on the stuff. east coast, it's a it's a problem. So I'm sure, yeah. like east that's coast. yeah, Home that's awesome is- that you guys are follow that you're following from uh, all the way from the UK. Home games is like five hours different, so it's not as bad. So it's just like playing at one o'clock on a Saturday or one o'clock on a Sunday your time. It's only six o'clock my time, whereas obviously Friday. Uh, just gone, and then obviously Wednesday is um, yeah, it's like three three a.m. So <laughs> it's like six a.m. my time. By the time I'm, by the time the game's finished, I'm actually going to get some sleep or something. Yeah, it's uh... one last thing for you, Cam. Did you know that uh, we have a connection to York City FC uh, supporters as well because uh, of the obviously the uh, namesake and all that. So we have yeah. a, like a big connection on uh, Twitter and Instagram, I believe, and we've had the had some York City supporters come over to make the trip to uh, York Lions Stadium. And I think well, we, you know, anybody who uh, among our amongst our ranks who uh, makes our way to England will go over to watch uh, York City as well. So we've got that connection as well. So just wanted to let you know that, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I've, I've never actually been to York itself because just like York have always played just like lower tier than what my team is. But I live in South Yorkshire. I live in Rotherham, which is South Yorkshire in England. So... I've got that little bit of a tie as well, which is <laughs> really cool. 
awesome stuff, man. Uh, yo, like I love the dedication, man. I love it when uh, we, you know, keep growing this fan base uh, one person at a time, man. So, yo, huge big ups to you, like um, for supporting us from across the ocean, bro. Like, love it, man. Uh, I see uh, MLSR writers, uh, your yep. speaker as well. Like, uh, did you have any thoughts on the uh, the big matchup tomorrow? Yeah, you know what? I'm looking forward to it. Um, anticipating this. I'm a little nervous, but it's going to be a tough one. But um, there was also another pressing issue that I wanted to bring up to your attention here, guys. And if uh, and I hope I'm not stepping out of line here, uh, guys. So let me know if if I'm saying something that comes across either incorrect here. But listen, guys, um, the season is soon coming to an end. You know, the season actually now is is already finished, and we're now entering the playoffs. You know what? Is there any way we can invite to the show, perhaps the next show, um, Angus McNabb to give us a briefing as to what's going on with the ownership group? Because it seems like right now that issue is the elephant in the room. And I hate to put it that way, guys, but what can, can he give us an update? I know that he joins us sometimes, but is there any way he could give us an update what's going on with the ownership group? That is ba- mainly my main concern like the elephant in the room hey totally totally yes uh it's it's a good question i mean we we can reach out to him because he's come on in the past uh a couple times and has given us a lot of good answers about the the questions that that the the york community has has for him regarding ownership regarding you know u21 minutes in the past all of that stuff so we can for sure message him for like a like a season ending thing or something uh yeah We'll we'll definitely try our our best. And let me you know, add of to course, that. Like right Sorry, now, like that really. Uh, just name just, you first, real no? quick. Uh, uh, just to say, like uh, you know, for us, like it's obviously the biggest topic that we've been discussing, right? You know, uh, the fact that we went on this run and made the playoffs has kind of made us kind of like you know like uh, forget about it for about a week or two. But of course, man, like you know, like that is obviously the singular biggest uh, topic on our minds as York United fans and supporters, and we've heard like so many different things about that. But you know, like you know, you know, like everybody's waiting for the season to end uh, before we address any of that stuff, right? So of course, exactly. like, you know, we we know there's gonna be like some you know big Twitter press release, uh, and we'll get the notifications, and you know Discord and uh, Twitter will go crazy and all that, right? So we you know we're kind of in that same boat, but yeah, we can definitely hundred percent ask uh, Angus uh, to come in. You know, today like uh you know like we, there's enough to talk about already as it is with the playoffs, right? But uh, when we do our season wrap up uh, show. Uh, and we can have like you know two of these. Like you know, Angus could probably talk for an hour by himself if he wanted. Maybe after yeah. like a big news comes out, because he's probably gonna be coy. You know, we know how he is. We we've talked to him for years now, right? We know he is coy as hell. You know, he's kept big stuff in the dark from us many times over and over again. So you can we can invite him onto the show and we can grill him. And you know, he's gonna give us the uh, the the you know the I can't comment. You know, plead the fifth momentum and all that. So yeah. perhaps after like a big news comes out, then we could have like a Twitter spaces uh, to discuss that announcement and then he could give us all that kind of like, you know, the behind the scenes that wasn't on the article. So that's a thought for you as well. Exactly. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that and I'm definitely going to be there as long as you guys publicize it ahead of time that you'll be joining the show. I'm definitely going to have a, a, an ear to this because, uh, and by the way, guys, I'm praying to the mighty good Lord in heaven that it's not that rumor that it's 777 partners. They're now under investigation. 
by the ethics committee and from FIFA for oh my god oh my god I hope that rumor is not true at all. Anyways, thanks, fellows. Thank you so much. Eris, are you going to say something as well? Thank you for tuning in. Eris, are you going to say something about that uh, no, topic as well? No, I what you were saying. But usually I know, like, I remember last year they did, like, a season ticket holder end-of-year event. And Angus kind of did a Q&A. So I'm sure he'll do something like that for sure. Because I think he knows himself he has to address it. It's a question, like, we're, we're all wondering right now. All good points. And, uh, you know, like 777, yeah, we've all like uh, read the articles and uh, seen the videos about 777. And, you know, they're obviously like all over the news right now because of Everton too, right? Uh, so it's something that we're going to be following for sure. Uh, and, yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. right? You know, I mean, it's like I th- there's got to be owners of this club, um, but you'd rather none than 777 because not only would York be – very much down the pecking order in terms of the clubs that they have stake in, they would it, it would be a complete disaster. It would be it would not be good. Uh, it definitely cert, cert, certainly wouldn't end well either. Sure, but also beggars can't be choosers either, right? It's a hell of a situation we're in, man. But uh, yeah, Jacob, what is on your mind about the ownership situation, man? Um, even about the Woodbine Stadium that they were supposed to have. Like they they were supposed to make it. Now I've heard there was news that it could be, it could not even happen. Yeah, that I mean, that would definitely be like a like an Angus question. But that's that's another situation that there's just it's kind of been not talked about for so long that um, I feel like a lot of people have kind of forgotten about that. But you know, you make a good point, and you you hope that it happens for sure, but. It seems like right now that's just not on the cards, unfortunately. It's not like you know there was any like announcement about it. It's just a lack of any development on a sense. But obviously, yes, that's I mean, really tied to uh, the lack of owners that we have, right? This you know it's pretty much like tied like hand in hand together. But then of course you add in that wrinkle that the, uh, the CEO Jim Boston uh, is retiring as well too, right? So it makes it yeah. really complicated for sure. But I'm yeah. sure any prospective new owner, whether it's 777 or whatever comes out or whatever comes happen, like, uh, you know, like, they're going to at least like, ask about uh, Woodbine. I mean, it'd be great for sure. But right now, right now, like, um, I think probably the the thing that people should think about maybe is the fact that, you know, there's a, an added, there's so many added wrinkles to this beyond, you know, we're not in a vacuum, right? We're in GTA. Nothing's a vacuum, right? So the fact that the World Cup is coming, the fact that MWSL or the fact that Project 8 wants to come in, all that kind of stuff. You feel like it could be all tied together? Who knows, right? That's the biggest thing. Nicholas, what's yeah. on your mind, man? Sorry, I'm not trying to use my hand. I'm not trying to use my hand, but Nicholas can go first. That's fine. No, I just, okay. uh, just wanted to say, guys, I've been listening to the chat, and uh, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying, but I just wanted to jump in on the ownership thing. For me, in my opinion, the CPL is not going to lose the biggest sports market in Canada, in Ontario. So even if the league has to own us for another season or if they got to find something to do, they're not going to want to lose us and then re-try and enter into the market. They're going to figure out something. They'll keep us owning for sure. Like, they're not going to allow – they're not letting us – I think they'd rather have another city. Actually, I don't even think they want to take another risk of having another team having to dissolve. So I think York for sure, they're going to be willing to hold on. 
just the real quick before I let the Darnell speak, real quick just to add to that is a uh, there was a a podcast that I think Derek Martin did. I think I saw on Discord where they did talk about hey, you know, like I agree with what Nico said. Uh, you know, like just how MLS had like three owners for ten clubs in their first like eight to ten years of existence. CPL and CSB and Bob Young could do the same thing. They can own us for however many years that it takes for us to get into a solid footing, right? But uh, Derek Martin, who's also like a solid owner as well, he did say that uh, York United may be up for possibly moving out of YLS sometime soon. How soon, we don't know. But that's like on the agenda as well. So Darnell, what's on your mind, bro? Yeah, so I mean, I have I wrote about some of this several months ago, but um, no matter where any club is, the task is the same in that you're selling, you know, $10, $15 tickets at current prices, ideally trying to sell out the stadium. And, you know, the way when, when I see people talk about Lamport and I see people talk about moving it to other places, I am, you know, they're, the subtext of that conversation is, oh, we're going to move it downtown where lots of people already go to see Toronto FC and they're going to want to add this to, to, their list of, to their list of things. Whereas what my thought is on this has always been, where is the local community? I mean, you know, we've seen like in basketball, there's a new basketball team in Scarborough who just won the championship and they have lots of local people coming there. And so, you know, you don't need people who have lots of money to buy $10 tickets. You need to, send tell, you need to sell $10 tickets. And that's where I honestly think this club should be focused no matter where it is. So that's what the CPL brand effectively is seeking to do. All good points, man. And the, can I say one quick thing is that uh, one of the last home games that we were, I think it was the uh, International Night or something like that. And I feel like the the club did do a good job of reaching out to the, uh, the I think the local youth soccer clubs around uh, around the North York area or maybe the North Etobicoke area or maybe just the uh, the Jane Finch area. I'm not sure where, but I feel like uh, they are uh, you know like that is like the the single biggest group that we should be targeting is all these youth soccer players that play soccer like all across the GTA, especially around where York Line Stadium is, right? So, no, we completely agree with what you're saying, man. Like, I don't, you know, like, it's probably, I think the biggest thing is um, a lack of budget for enough staff. I feel like that has been always what's hampered York United so far. Because, you know, I've been to that office when they're working, like, you know, in their 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, and they're working their asses off. Every single one of the staff in there. But there's only four or five of them, and they can only do so much. I feel like that's the biggest thing. What's, uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Nicholas or Darnell, whoever, um, raise your hand first. Uh, Nicholas, you want to go? Yeah, no, I just wanted to add also, too, I, I agree with, like, um, like where, where, where would we go? You know, is, is that going to help any? But for me, I think, like, uh, I think Kyle said this at a past game, you have to put the CPL kind of, like, in terms of hockey, like the CHL. You need those towns those those smaller cities that have that chip on their shoulder that identity who are going to show up you look at league one ontario you have buried for simcoe rovers they had thousand people at their last playoff game they bust 500 people to the final down in like niagara falls or whatever it was against and 
you they have that chip that they're buried that's their identity for us we don't have an identity we're york we're york region toronto who are we where's our base we don't have that so i think once you figure that out then you decide where you go or what you do next it, it all stems from that in my opinion so you know just to to add to that um i agree it all stems from that but i actually don't think we should be overly targeting youth soccer players at all I think that's part of the problem and has always been part of the problem with Canadian soccer. Um, you know, fundamentally, organized soccer is expensive and a lot of racialized people simply cannot afford it. And so, you know, what about the local schools? I know York finally started doing some outreach to them because I helped move that along, but that was earlier this year for the first time. Whereas I know Forge, for example, has been going into classrooms for five years plus. So... You know, there's at when uh, I remember when Stephen Hart gave a speech one time. He talked about players he recruited from basically living in that area. There's no way you can tell me that there's no one good enough living in that area that couldn't play for a CPL club right now. So you know, where are the pathways? Where are the opportunities? And I do think there is an identity that could be built around the hyper local community, like a lot of clubs have. Um, like Halifax, for example, or Victor- or the one in Victoria. But we have to get there. Uh, Jacob? Yeah, there's, um, yeah, I agree with, um, like, trying to, to pro- uh, promote it and uh, also, for example, advertising. Um, I usually see that sometimes in downtown Toronto to try to um, get some some of the fans. But if if there is, you just try to have to find a good good spot to promote York United. That's a what I would say. Like, for example, you know, just to that, there are two malls of Jane Finch. I have never seen a single ad. But, yeah, I have seen ads downtown for York United, and that's never made sense to me. I've seen one at Dundas Station. All right. So, you know, like, this is the debate, you know, that we've always had, like, you know, every, you know, we've, we've talked, like, you know, for years about the marketing, the branding, all that kind of stuff, right? And I'd say, you know, once the season is done, then we can go into, like, a big post-mortem Especially once we find out like uh, what the ownership happens, whether it's we, uh, we're still owned by CSB or whatever, and you know the identity, like you know even the stuff that Nicholas said, you know we've debated that tons as well. You know like how to market the team. Uh, Darnan here, I hear exactly what you're saying, but uh, then again, this is distracting from the single biggest you know game that we have this year so far, which is tomorrow, right? So we gotta you know push all these thoughts aside for at least like two days and just you know get behind our boys. You know, whatever, you know, like, even if we're not on TV, you know, even if it's just Fubo, even if there's, like, no advertisements, whatever, you know, that's the kind of, like, the, the David versus Goliath story. That's when uh, the theme of York United and York United really are existence, right? So this is just another one of those, another chapter in that story, man. So Yeah, for, you know what? For for at least just two days or or, I guess, like, one day leading up to this playoff game, we can't worry about any about that, anything like that, anything about the stadium, anything about the ownership. Uh, we just have to focus on the here and now, 
and what this team has to do to uh, to make a deep run in this playoffs, like I'm sure we all uh, would like to see them do. So I guess, uh, you know, what I'll say is, uh, Thomas, did you want to give a shout-out for the, uh, the the watch party that we have uh, at Kiel and Dundas tomorrow? Yeah, so 395 Kiel Street. Um, I believe it's called the... Shoot, what's it called? Hold on. In 30 p.m., uh, to watch the York United versus Pacific FC match at 10 o'clock. So make sure you go uh, over there to, uh, to, uh, to talk with your fellow York supporters and to cheer on the nine stripes as they get set for the biggest match you've had of the season, uh, without a doubt. Uh, I'm sure that will be that will be a lot of fun. It'll definitely be a late night for a lot of people, but um, got to do whatever you can do to uh, because you never know next time this team's going to make the playoffs, right? So it uh, came down to the wire this year. Could very well go the other way next year. But uh, I think that's all we have, all the time we have today for this Twitter Spaces, uh, which is shoes off for the blue and green. Thank you everyone for uh, for listening. Thank you everyone for sharing your opinions. I think we had a lot of really quality discussion about the team on and off the field today. Um, And I hope you guys all tune into the match tomorrow. I hope you guys all join us the next time we have uh, Twitter spaces and uh, yeah, have a good night, everyone and uh, enjoy the match tomorrow. Come on, you nine stripes guys. Yo, excellent Twitter spaces. Thank you everybody so much for chiming in, yo. All right. Big up tomorrow. Let's go. Peace.